0: Focus on Headline. All right, let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, joining us in the studio, we have uh, Kwon so and Iji Ji-sun. Guys, welcome back. Good evening. Hello. All right, uh, we're going to start things off uh, on the economy-related news here. Certainly has been the biggest news, uh, just economy-related news has been quite big, uh, not just here in Korea, but all over the world. But we are going to look at the domestic side of things, uh, starting off with South Korea's consumer prices. I mean, this is the other thing that we've been very concerned about, right? Just inflation skyrocketing i Uh, left and right. Uh, Latest numbers show that it surged a whopping 6% last month in June. So let's get the details of that.
1: Sure. So South Korea's inflation rate, as was cautiously expected, gained 6% in June compared to the same month last year with the consumer price index hitting 108.22. Now, according to statistics, Korea, this is the fastest growth in almost 24 years. So since the country was dealing with with or actually recovering from the Asian financial crisis, uh, because the latest record was six point eight percent in November nineteen ninety eight, and year on year consumer prices already soared five point four percent in May, which in May, which was the steepest surge in almost fourteen years. It just seems like a few weeks ago that we actually talked about uh, this enormous surge, and uh, the continuous rise in commodity prices, like energy and raw material, have pushed up costs ranging from groceries to service charges. In fact, Statistics Korea assessed the increase in material and fuel prices is affecting not only industrial products, but also personal services like electricity, water or gas. The inflationary trend is attributed to global supply chain disruptions following Russia's invasion of Ukraine and uh, the recovery from the pandemic, as the nation's inflation rate is heavily dependent on fuel and other commodity imports. So uh, by how how much did prices go up exactly? Uh, last month, uh, petroleum and processed foods went up by more than 9%. Diesel, almost 51%. Gasoline, more than 31%. LPG, 29%. And bread, 9%. And uh, when it comes to agricultural livestock and fishery products, those were up by uh, almost 5%. Uh, pork, 18.6%. Imported beef, 27.2%. And uh, individual service prices also went up significantly. 8%, uh, with electricity, water, and gas making up 9.6% of a an hike, and dining out also rose by 8%. Uh, the Consumer Price Index for Living Necessaries, which is an index closer to consumer uh, uh, how the consumers perceive the rise in cost, that went up by 7.4%, and that's also the highest since November 1998. Back then, it was uh, at over 10%. Government officials and experts predict the situation won't improve for the time being. That's what they said last month as well. Inflation is forecasted to remain in the 6% range and even a 7% hike cannot Jeez. be ruled out. And uh, if the trend continues, according to a statistics Korea official this Tuesday, annual inflation might exceed the 47 projection. Maybe it'll be above 5%. I mean, 47 was already a big hike, a, yeah, a big yeah. uh, hike and the projection the government had made. So to address the concerning situation, President Yoon Seokyeol vowed to roll up his sleeves to personally take care of the people's livelihoods by presiding over a weekly emergency economic meeting to deal with the public's economic woes.
0: So again, I mean, we've been talking about the inflation. And uh, I mean, the fact is, the reason why this is a big concern is, I mean, let's face it, it's really affecting all of us uh, mm. in our everyday lives. So I mean, with all the prices soaring right now, how is it exactly changing the lives of everyday citizens, Chi
2: well, workers notice how bad the inflation is when they head out for lunch. As the food prices inch up, consumers are seeking more affordable food choices especially when they're heading out for lunch. So food items that are about to expire have become one of the most sought-out items in stores among consumers who are price conscious, of course. This is because they are being sold at discounted prices. One office worker said that he has been purchasing foods that are close to the expiration date ever since the inflation struck the Korean economy earlier this year. Uh, due to the rising food prices, consumers are even downloading apps that are showing foods that are being sold at discounted prices. These uh, Many of these food items are nearing their expiration date. Discount rates go up as high as 60%, which actually helps both the price-conscious consumers and sellers because, as it turns out, uh, compared to January, the increase in sales of the major chains has increased by as much as fifty percent. Consumers purchasing foods at discounted prices serves as a uh, they serve as a benefit to co- companies as well because they have to pay for the cost of disposing expired food items. But inflation is also hitting other sectors as well. Like uh, Sua mentioned recently, an online shop started a frugal shopping promotion, uh, th- and they saw its sales rise by 279% in May compared to the previous month. The employees of the company carefully pick and inspect all the items themselves to lower the rate of items with defects. A personnel from one major convenience store said that they are selling lunch products at 50 or even 60% discounts five hours before their shelf life expires.
1: I think that's a great idea. Those applications because sometimes I go to the convenience store here down uh, here nearby Mm -hmm. at at Arirang, and then I grab one of those Samgyeokimbaps, and then uh, once I want to pay, they tell me that I can't purchase this anymore. This was like before we had that kind of those applications or apps, and then Mm -hmm. yeah,
0: why can't you purchase it? Because
1: because the expiration date was over, like two o'clock, two p.m. Uh,
0: (laughs) That means that means you're not uh, close with the owner because the way (laughs) (laughs) The the way that we, uh, how I run things, uh, the convenience store near my house, across the Mm -hmm. street from my house, uh, yesterday, actually, it happened to me yesterday. Uh, (laughs) I just went there to get some drinks, and uh, he goes, did you have lunch yet? I was like, I'm about to right now. He said, you know, this expired two hours ago. You can have this for free. Oh, Oh, he's actually not supposed to. I was like, all right, (laughs) yes, for free. That is, no, because even though the time is up, it's actually, it hasn't gone bad. Mm, So he's not allowed to sell it. If he sells it, that's a problem. But uh, he said he was going to throw it away. Uh, I'm going to throw it away anyways. If you want it, you could have it. And I've had this before, mm-hmm. right? And so it's absolutely no problem. Chisan, uh, kind of wondering, is there an inflation on hairbands? As well? Is hair hairbands very expensive?
2: Well, I don't think it's that expensive, is it? Because, it depends on where you buy it, though.
0: Because uh, we're finding out that your hair is uh, covering the entirety Most of your of face. My case. So I'm <laughs> sorry. See
2: you.
1: Hello, everyone. That was a very natural way to tell the rest.
0: Everything is very expensive. <laughs> (laughs) These days, so maybe that was one of the ways to kind of uh, talk about it. No, but uh, really, it's because what is it? Lunch, right? For all the office workers, it used to be that uh, what was it? I I remember when everyone was talking about, oh yeah, for lunch, like five thousand one will give you, you know, nice lunch. Uh, and people are kind of uh, talking about how things are like 6000 it's a little bit too expensive. People are spending like about uh, $10,000 mm-hmm. on lunch right now. And think about it. That, that adds up. That's, uh, what is it, five lunches, $50 times by four weeks. That's $200. Uh, too and much. That's, yeah, that's too much. And that's only considering that. I mean, that's like the lowest end, right? So apparently a, a lot of people are kind of going into like the convenience stores and buying uh, the $6,000 uh, lunch uh, boxes. Mm. Uh, Sort of speak to this save money here. And they're quite tasty as well. No, it's actually good. It is actually pretty good. um, But considering, but again, uh, you know, Adidang workers don't have to worry about that because we got free lunch. Again, thank you, (laughs) Adidang, and dinner as well, right? And breakfast too. Uh, The figures out uh, with the figures out right now. Inflation pressure not expected to ease in the near future. Raise in the key interest rate again almost certain a lot of people are saying it's already too high right now uh, but still in order to tackle the inflation i mean this is kind of the only way out right now. Uh, so you have more on that prospect.
1: Right. Uh, it's actually more about by how much the government will raise the key rate, uh, because it's uh, quite obvious that they will when the central bank makes a decision at next week's policy meeting. So will it be a 0.25 percentage points raise or an unprecedented big step, which means a 0.5 percentage points hike? Now projections of the latter happening seem to be growing as experts have been hinting that with an Inflation rate rising to 6% on year in June, unprecedented big step is possible. And this especially as the expected inflation rate, which is the rate predicted for the next year, has also gone up to close to 4%. According to the BOK's Consumer Trend Survey of June, the expected inflation rate went up 0.6 percentage points from 3.3% in May to 3.9%. And uh, another reason being named uh, is to match the pace of the U.S., which has hiked Mm. its basis rate to 2.25%, and many counterparts are following suit. But other experts uh, do stick to a 0.25 percentage points rate hike, citing concerns of weak consumption and an economic slowdown. The BOK conducted hikes five times since August last year, all by a quarter percentage points, with the key interest rate currently standing at 1.75%. So we'll have to wait and see for next Wednesday when the policymakers get together. So let's, however, take a look at what global financial services prospects on South Korea's interest hike are. Uh, HSBC on Tuesday predicted the BOK would proceed with a 0.25 percentage points hike three times this year, eventually to hit 2.5%. ING Bank recently in a report also said possibly 0.25 percentage points hike is likely, citing an urgent rate hike can curb consumption recovery. Morgan Stanley said 0.25 percentage points four times without a big step, but JP Morgan expects a major hike this month and then 0.25 percentage points three times, so to end the year at 3%.
0: I mean, again, uh, it's one of those uh, pros and cons of uh, raising interest rates, right? I mean, Mm. the pro is that uh, hopefully this this holds true, that uh, if we raise the key interest rates, the inflation is going to go down. But uh, the con is if you raise the key interest rate, all those people that bought all those houses during the pandemic, right? I mean, the the mortgage payment itself, the principal pay is uh, a lot. But uh, I mean, (laughs) the the interest that they have to pay off of that is actually even more than the principal for a lot Mm. of people out there so um a lot of people are struggling with this not to mention because of the higher interest rate that also means that the real estate prices are going to go down with less demand less people uh, opting to borrow money and so now they're really panicking right and so uh, we'll see what happens uh, moving forward right now. I mean, the c- economy situation is certainly really bad. Uh, in the meantime, today, according to the Bank of Korea, South Korea's foreign reserves declined by more than $9 billion last month. Jison, let's get the details.
2: So South Korea's foreign reserves went down by $9.4 billion U.S. billion in June, which was the greatest drop since the global financial crisis, a major blow to the global economy in 2008. And like you said yesterday, the VOK said today that South Korea's foreign currency reserves stand at 400 138.2 billion US dollars billion as of late June, which is down by $9.43 billion from the end of May. Uh, this huge decline marks the largest in 13 years and seven months, and that's since November 2008 during the global financial crisis. Foreign reserves have gone down uh, for four consecutive months since March this year. The Bank of Korea said that the value of non-dollar assets decreased as the U.S. dollars got appreciated, and they added that the overall reserves also declined due to different measures aimed to stabilize the market. And as of the end of May, South Korea was the ninth largest holder of foreign exchange reserves in the world, and that remained unchanged from April. Meanwhile, China came in as number one on the list at $3.12 trillion, trailing China or Japan and Switzerland.
0: Oh, boy. Okay, now we're going to move on. Uh, We talked about inflation. We talked about uh, energy costs. uh, Now, now, next topic of discussion, uh, sort of related, I guess, uh, the government unveiling new energy policies bound to uh, significantly increase nuclear power generation. So uh, let's get the latest on this.
1: Right. uh, So, I mean, all political aspects put aside, uh, I think this is a piece of news that SJ welcomes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said this before, (laughs) right? I was like, you know, I'm actually a big fan of nuclear power. Mm, Really? Uh,
2: yeah, why yeah. is
0: that so surprising. What why? <laughs> what? why is it surprising? I believe that nuclear power—it's the cleanest and it's safe. Yeah. it's relatively safe, right? It just gets True. bad image because of like the you know Fukushima nuclear power plant uh, situation. Which, by the way, I don't think uh, geographically Japan should have nuclear power plants because it's so you know earthquake prone. Mm. But I think it's clean energy. It's uh, it's
2: when man- managed well, of course. When
0: managed well and it's clean energy, it's renewable energy. I think it's a good future on uh, nuclear energy. Thank you, Sowa.
1: Well, and uh, that's, uh, that future is what the uh, South Korean government has uh, been presenting today as uh, South Korea's Ministry of Trade, Industry and Energy this Tuesday announced to increase the share of nuclear power generation to 30% or more by 2030. Now, you might think this is a lot, but actually the current nuclear power generation level is at 27.4%. But the gist is that we won't be decreasing that share in the future, but actually increasing. The cabinet approved the unit administration energy policy direction this Tuesday, which, as we have been mentioning ever since President Yoon so yeols presidential campaign, uh, that aims to nullify the former Moon Jae-in administration's nuclear power phase-out policy. So this 30% target, uh, meanwhile, aims to go hand-in-hand with the nation's carbon neutrality plan. That one, if you guys remember, the country had pledged to reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions by 40% from the 2018 levels by 2030, and eventually achieve carbon neutrality by 2050. Now, what's to be decided at a later date uh, in the fourth quarter of the year is what the government is planning is the proportion of renewable energy resources that's needed to achieve all of these goals. So going back to the raise in nuclear power generation or rather the details and how the government plans to do that the Shinhanul Reactor Unit 3 and 4 constructions will be resumed. And uh, meanwhile, to diminish potential hazard of nuclear waste, a new law is to be drawn up related to disposing high-level radioactive waste. And the prime minister will be leading a managing team for nuclear waste management. And these plans are also expected to create some 100,000 new jobs in the energy sector by
0: 2030. Yeah, speaking of which, I think you might have uh, just answered the question that uh, Disobedient Space Whale had. He uh, said, uh, what do you do with the, the waste? I mean, mm. there's a number of different ways to uh, you know, get rid of the, the nuclear waste. Um, like there's the cheap and bad way. There's the more expensive and the cleaner way. Uh, and uh, there are many different uh, ways. But you know, there's some quite time right now. I think there's time for them to kind of realize the ways to kind of uh, deal with the nuclear waste. I think that's like secondary, uh, honestly. Again, uh, nuclear energy just gets... Uh, a very bad image of uh, because of the things that uh, happened in the past.
1: Mm-hmm. And I have to side with SJ. I mean, I, I told you guys before the show that actually uh, today I had a power outage at home yeah. <laughs> and yeah, coincidentally yeah. with me writing on uh, increase of uh, nuclear power generation. So... I hope that will help. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: exactly, right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that uh, they're pro and con because I mean, it might be. She was like, I'm actually surprised that uh, you're for nuclear power plant. Like, I studied mm. environmental law, right? And oh, so like, really? one of the things that I had Another to do. Another surprise. <laughs> so like one of the things I had to do is like study environmental studies, right? Oh. And so there was that was one of the big things that we had to do. Like, what's the proper way? A lot of people might be for like electricity. Mm-hmm. Uh, generate like, but like, even with like, e- like electricity power stuff, like it requires coal, right? Uh, and that, So it's not electricity is not the way to go. There's other ways to go, like wind, solar, but uh, there's you know, the pros and cons of that as well. But uh, nevertheless, uh, we talked about this last week, Sun. Uh, but this was one of uh, President Yoon's pledges when he was just the uh, the presidential candidate at the time. Uh, he committed to reverse the nuclear phase-out policy. Uh, this was under the previous Moon administration. And one of his aim was to export 10 nuclear reactors. Uh, let's get the details of that.
2: Yes, I believe this would be a nice way of recapping the whole nuclear power plant story so far. Uh, President Yoon has made several pledges and announcements This very issue, even before his presidency, and he was not kidding with his pledges. About two weeks ago, he pledged to rebuild and restore the nuclear power industry and promised to support the export of nuclear reactors. He went to Changwon, a city east of Seoul, to tour a nuclear factory and he pledged to resume the construction of reactors, Qinthanor number three and four, like Soa mentioned, and to export. 10 nuclear reactors by the year 2030. Uh, He said that the countries such as the U.S., Saudi Arabia, Czech Republic, and Poland recognize the nuclear power is a key source of energy, especially when aiming for carbon neutrality. And even during his trip to NATO, he uh, he made his intentions to export nuclear reactors clear. And he demonstrated what Koreans dubbed the quote-unquote sales diplomacy. In Spain, he had economic discussions with the world leaders, including the potential exports of nuclear power plants. And during his trip, he focused on Poland and Czech Republic regarding the exports of nuclear power plants by giving the President of Poland a brochure or a little booklet that promotes Korea's nuclear power capabilities. And he asked for support to the leader of Czech Republic. And at the same time, he also considered the Netherlands and the UK potential customers experts are seeing this as an opportunity to increase the exports of nuclear power plants, especially due to the energy crisis in Europe triggered by the Russia-Ukraine crisis. And according to hanse Helga, researcher at HANA Financial Investment, Russia has been weaponizing energy which has caused European countries to realize the gravity of energy independence and security after suffering from energy supply shortage. He also added that many Europeans are gearing towards expanding nuclear power plants. And due to different situations from home and abroad, the nuclear power plant industry or the nuclear power industry in Korea is getting its hopes up.
0: By the way, just a uh, a quick information, interesting information I found uh, while I was reading some uh, news articles uh, right before the show. Uh, You know, there's been calls for stopping the, you know, the purchase of Russian oil and things like that, Mm -hmm. right, energy. Uh, So I looked at uh, the chart Russia right now, they're exporting about a billion dollars worth of energy on a daily basis, despite the fact that, you know, European countries and, uh, you know, Western allies are kind of pushing for, uh, you know, less dependence on Russian oil. Number one country that's using the most number of uh, purchasing the most number of Russian oil is China. But that, you know, that's that that's not surprising. Right. Mm. Number two is germany Mm. and you have countries like italy poland the netherlands and all these like nato countries right and so that's not surprising that because they have so much dependency on russian energy that they need to come up with their own dependence on their own energy and nuclear power is one of those again it it creates sufficient amount like with solar and wind there's like oh so much energy you can get Mm. out of that right that's like the cons of it so yeah i mean this could be actually a big big Uh, market for South Korea moving forward here. I think it's uh, quite interesting. Uh, We're going to shift our focus over to the United States. Uh, It hasn't been, it it was uh, Independence Day, 4th of July, Independence Mm -hmm. Day. um, But uh, unfortunately, it was just marred with just tragedy there over in the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, Shooting that killed six people, wounded uh, over two dozen uh, I guess the civilians were just basically innocently taking part in an Independence Day parade uh, in their neighborhood here. So uh, let's get a rundown of what exactly happened.
1: Right. Uh, when will we stop hearing from these uh, gun shootings, or will we ever? And uh, before we go into this specific news uh, that's been headlined in not only the U.S. media, I want to mention that this case is actually not even the only one that happened on July uh, 4th, but no. it's the one with the most uh, victims. Yeah. So a 22-year-old man suspected in a rampant shooting that killed six people and injured 30 near the Chicago suburb of Highland Park is now in police custody. He's said to be called uh, Robert Cremo III. And uh, some of the injured were in critical condition when they were transported from the scene, including at least one child. So uh, let me first give you a rundown of uh, how this has happened. So this uh, gunman opened fire on randomly and parade goers on a rooftop. He was reportedly using a high-powered rifle and it was discovered at the scene uh, according to officials and uh, one um Task Force spokesman said it sounds like s- spectators were targeted, so very random, very intentional, and very sad. And uh, I don't know if you guys watched uh, the footage. I did, uh, there, I did. Yeah, how people were uh, running, uh, fleeing with also uh, strollers because there were also many little children at the scene. Yeah. And uh, also, you know, because it is July 4th, some people might have even, even mistaken this for fireworks. Yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. why in, right. the, in the
0: video that I saw, there were actually, when some people were running off, mm-hmm. uh, there were actually people people, when they heard it, they thought it was fireworks because so they were clapping. They, yeah. they just kind of sat in their lawn chair. Like, they were in their lawn chair on the side of the sidewalk, and they are clapping because, they I mean, they didn't think it was, you know, a, a shooting that was going on. Mm,
1: exactly. So, uh, people, police say that uh, the suspect was uh, taken into custody without incident when he was finally found driving on a highway near Chicago almost nine hours after the shooting. According to the Highland Park Chief of Police at a press conference Monday evening, a white male who comes from the area has been identified as a person of interest. And uh, the Highland Park Police Department is continuing investigations for the motive and more.
0: Uh, With this, of course, uh, such a tragic day uh, for not just... uh Yes, uh, just the the victims and their families, but just the Americans uh, that have to see this. Uh, President Joe Biden himself, of course, uh, shocked to see this incident happen, despite all the shootings that we've been kind of uh, hearing about that's happening over in the United States. Uh, what was his response to the latest mass shooting?
2: Well, like Sola said, this tragedy left at least six people killed and about two dozen others injured. And about this very incident, President Joe Biden responded quickly by holding a brief moment of silence at the White House during a 4th July picnic. He added remarks about this incident after his message that he already planned to give on the Independence Day. He said, and I quote, Jill and I are shocked by the senseless gun violence that has yet again brought grief to an American community on the Independence Day, and then he continued, as always, we are grateful for the first responders and law enforcement on the scene. I have spoken to Governor Pritzker and Mayor Rotering and have offered the full support of the federal government to the communities. I also searched federal law, reinforcement, uh, law enforcement to assist in the urgent search for the shooter who remains at large at this time. So this was his way of pointing the gun safety legislation he signed into law. And he also said that there is so much more work to do and that he's not willing to give up fighting the epidemic of gun violence. and. I believe that the epidemic is the right word. One of the reporters from CNN asked him whether stricter gun laws would have prevented mass shooting that occurred recently, and to that question he said, "We don't know the circumstances yet." Uh, he didn't forget to reassure Ameri- re- reassure Americans by saying, "I know it can be exhausting and unsettling, but tonight I want to know I want you to know that we're going to get through this." And then he went on and said, America is and always will be a work in progress.
0: I mean, this is like the biggest, I mean, actually, there's a lot of debates going on on different uh, legal issues like, you know, Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm. right, being overturned. Uh, you know, the, the I guess, abortion rights, uh, of course, gun rights are the right to bear arms, by the way, which I believe is a very outdated uh, right uh, my see so my thing is like you guys are listeners now I'm kind of I'm really against uh, guns right and so uh, the thing is all right so not just completely ban uh, make uh, guns illegal but I don't understand what's the need for assault rifles why you need high power rifles like mm-hmm. like what do you use that for?
2: I mean born and raised in Korea I don't even know why we need it. I don't even know why people need it in the the States.
0: Well, the thing is, in the States, uh, you know, the pro-gun supporters, uh, what they say is it's for protection, right? Uh, But my thing is always also, like, if you have a gun, if, you know, the person, Mm. you're getting robbed and you have a gun, you're more likely to get shot at if you have a gun, as opposed to you don't have a gun
2: and the thing is, people always make mistakes. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, mistakes too. But my thing is, okay, fine. Handguns, one thing. Like, hold on to your handguns, but why do you need assault rifles? Why do you need these high-power rifles? Like, like, what do you, like, really, like, do you need that to protect your family? I mean, isn't a handgun enough? And I'm not even a big fan of handguns at all, even in the first place. But uh, I don't know. How many more people, innocent people, need to die before they start realizing? But it, it's because... Uh, the NRA and you know lobby so much money into certain parties and things like that. that's the reason why it never goes away. Uh, separate story, but also related to shooting. This was actually uh, one that uh, really was all over the the media here. Authorities releasing footage of the chase between the police and Jalen Walker, uh, which by the way ended in the fade. Uh, ended fatally for the black man in his mid-20s as well. Let's get the details of this as well.
1: Right. So debate over gun control of civilians will continue. But this story, as you said, is a very different one, a very sensitive one, as it's related to authorities' usage of arms. So let me give you a summary of what happened. Uh, The 25-year-old black man died of gunshots after a high-speed chase with police. It happened last Monday, July 27th, past midnight in Akron, Ohio. Jayland Walker was fleeing from police after his car had been stopped for a traffic stop for traffic and equipment violations and around 40 seconds after the pursuit began gunshots were involved and during ongoing investigations ohio police released a video now of the chase uh, It was a video, the footage of the body cameras on uh, 13 officers. And uh, through those investigations, also medical examinations, it was found that Walker had 60 wounds. But uh, police say Walker is believed to have opened the fire first uh, and officers feared for their lives. Uh, Walker had no gun when he ran away from his car and uh, the moment he was killed, but a pistol was later said to have been found inside his car. Uh, so the case is raising further questions. Thor investigations are still needed. So it's about how many rounds were fired, were they all necessary. Seven of the eight officers that were, quote, directly involved were white. Akron Mayor, uh, the Akron Mayor, meanwhile, declared a state of emergency. uh, Monday night through Tuesday morning, curfew has been placed and also planned 4th of July fireworks show was canceled as well. So this is a very... Yeah, sensitive controversial yeah, yeah. So, issue. but uh, we've heard of those many many times
0: yeah so like I have friends uh, who are police officers and uh, NYPD um, but uh, which it, in many ways I do I do support the police I mean you know there are many but good police uh, it's the you know few bad ones that kind of uh, taint the image of police officers but it's like like, how much is enough, right? I mean, when you're firing away, like, multiple shots, like, it only really takes, like, you know, a few of these shots, right, uh, to kind of bring down the suspect. It, it kind of reminds me of an uh, incident back in the, the, the 90s uh, in New York City. It was a, uh, a Haitian immigrant. I believe his name was uh, Amadou Diallo, and he was coming out of his apartment, and he was taking out his beeper. This was during the mm. beeper days, right? Mm. So he took out his beeper, and the police saw, thought it was a gun and started firing. It was like 20 shots or something like that. And they're saying, <sighs> like, is that required? So it's not something that's happened recently. It's always been going on, uh, which is now causing a major, major uh, rift amongst—I hate to use this word. It's become a race war now, mm-hmm. um, and it's— it, it, it's so sad to see this. It, it's so unfortunate to see this, and I'm not taking any sides right now. I just need to stop right now. But is there an answer to this? I don't know.
1: I just want to quickly, briefly mention. Uh, although I did say that this story is quite different from the other story the, uh, of the shooting on July Fourth. Yeah. But still, I think it's also related to what SJ uh, earlier mentioned because we have those civilians having those guns. That is also why the police is acting differently than police mm-hmm. in Korea, for instance. Yeah. yeah Korean yeah. police will won't be like shooting those many shots uh, in such a situation, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, the police, they have like these handguns. Uh, <laughs> number one, I don't even know if it works, to be honest with you, but uh, I mean, they never have to use it, right? Rarely no. do they have mm-hmm. to use it uh, unless they're in a really, really uh, scary situation that they pull it out. But even with that, they like rarely fire it, right? So uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's different. Uh, we're going to move on from the U.S. to Europe this time because there was another major gun incident uh, in Denmark. This time, Jason, let's get the news on this.
2: So according to Danish police on Sunday, a shooting occurred at a Copenhagen mall and this took the lives of three people and wounded several others, including three in critical condition. A 22-year-old Danish man was arrested for shooting and are others involved? Uh, That information is unknown yet. The police chief added that there is a possibility of terrorism and he also said that the shooting happened in several places in the mall so you can easily be a victim. The prime minister of Denmark's spoke of this cruel attack on Sunday night local time and sent her condolences to the relatives of the victims and said that the country has been hit by a quote-unquote cruel attack. And she also said that the shooting was heartbreaking and pointless. As she said during a statement, several were killed, even more were wounded, innocent families shopping or eating out, children young adults uh, young people and adults and along with the prime minister the danish royal family issued a statement that highlights unity and care and honestly in both cases denmark and the u.s the suspect is 22 years old and my question is why is it so easy for a 22 year old to get access to guns Uh, this is ridiculous to me yeah
0: yeah um I mean, uh, I, I don't, again, I don't understand it, right? I mean, that's, and, and, and people can say, well, it's because you're just against gun rights. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, Disobedience Space Whale says many Americans, uh, although many do not, just seem to accept gun violence as something to live with as long as they have the right to own a gun. Um, well, it, it's the thing, right? Like, until it happens to you. Until it happens to you is the problem.
2: Or your family.
0: Right, exactly. Until it happens to you or your family. And again, I mean, you have... The rights to believe in whatever, uh, the rights to, you know, bear arms. I think, what is it? The Second Amendment. It's, been, it, it's, it's out. I think it's outdated. It was like, you know, something that was created back when, like, you know, the Americans, the British, whatever. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm not, a big, I'm not a big fan of guns. You, ever, you guys ever been mugged at gunpoint like I have? You know how scary really? it is. That's just the thing. You just never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I've been, you know, robbed at gunpoint many times in New York, and it's, it's scary every time. Um, and the fact that someone can do that is so scary something and i mean it's just i don't understand but whatever handguns are one thing but high rifle high it was assault rifles and high power rifles i just don't understand guys uh, thank you very much for coming in today with your stories and your insights on some of these issues uh, please stay safe and we'll see you guys again see you, you.